the Entrepreneurial Journey Podcast. We're talking business and building a culture that's kick-ass. Where we make it happen, grab your seat, let's have a blast. At the Entrepreneurial Journey Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey Podcast. Today I have Jenny Fennelly with me. Is that how I pronounce your surname, Jenny? Close enough. How do you say it? Fenley. Fenley. Okay, brilliant. And you are a business relationship manager with DHL. Mm -hmm. And you are an unusual guest on my podcast because you are not a self-employed business owner, entrepreneur, or or however we want to describe those, those people out there. Mm -hmm. You and I have come across each other on LinkedIn uh, and you describe yourself as a radical centrist, which I like. Uh, and I yes. describe myself as a capitalist hippie. So between us, we wanted to explore. Our, yeah, our, I think we could have an interesting around conversation, the world. don't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're not necessarily going to talk much about corporate land, but we may touch on it. I'm not sure. We'll find out. Um, now, the discussion mm-hmm. we kind of got into was about um, where have every where where have all the people gone? Wasn't it? I, I yes. posted something right. that was very much yeah. Where 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 have where's everybody gone why can't people find employees and it was you know that was in Portugal it was in Germany it was in the United States um so it wasn't all Brexit's fault we can't just blame Brexit and and tell me what your no, response it's a global, was this is it's a where I got issue. really interested so I can't remember exactly what my response was behind- but what I my feeling about why we're having this issue with recruitment is multifold really I think one is we've seen a sustained level of profit or increase in profit over the last probably 30 40 years but wages have not increased in line with productivity and profit right so people people's earnings have plateaued while profits have gone up so increase this has had the effect obviously of of increasing the wealth gap maybe that's not obvious so there's more and more profit being made ultimately that's been dispersed out into company owners ceos we know that their pay has gone up you know, and and really the high echelons of society. Now, don't get me wrong, I am not anti-entrepreneurial, I'm not socialist, I'm not, you know, any of that kind of thing. But one of the, but because more and more is going to the top, there's less and less going to the bottom. So wages have gone up, but more gradually. In society, it's not poverty that causes social dissatisfaction depression crime it's inequality right and inequality has both a societal impact and also a a a personal impact and this has been proven by 
long-term analysis on the careers of civil servants and other people in society that shows that even if in a corporate environment or the civil service environment, if inequality is large between the top echelons and the bottom, the people at the bottom are more depressed, more ill, more stressed. So this is a well-proven phenomena in social studies, right? So my theory is that people are feeling less motivated, less inclined to want to want to work. And certainly they want, if they do go out to work, they want more. So if we think in terms of supply and demand, supply and demand affects not only prices, it affects the price of labor as well. So, you know, the, the price of labor is being pushed up and that just doesn't mean cash. That means incentives. It means what do I want in return for my time, which is my most valuable commodity. I want flexible working. I want to be able to spend more time with my children. I want a nice office environment. I want some time. I want to work from home sometimes. I want to, you know, so people are just, I think twofold. After the pandemic, people realized that they wanted more and they liked more time for themselves. And two, they're, they yeah. are demotivated by the sense of inequality and injustice, I think. And whether that's people would say that out overtly or even recognize that, I don't know. But this is what I think is happening. It's really interesting. I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And I think what I want to explore here is the difference to how it feels to run a small to medium sized enterprise business compared to running a corporate. So all the the SME business owners I've spoken to feel the squeeze, I think, as perhaps as much as the corporate employees further down the 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 food chain, More. the ladder, however we want to describe it, the the salary yeah. scale. So it, is it that because one of the things that I'm really passionate about is, is building small to medium sized enterprises because I believe they're the backbone of every economy on the planet. And so are the big corporates also 100%. squeezing them. Right. Okay. 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 So what is no, it? And I, about? I know I absolutely is, is it agree just with you. chasing the shares. Go on, what into? I'm really sorry. the The connectivity is not great. Can you hear me? Because the connectivity don't worry is not about great. it. We have software. Very that's, good. Yeah, I can hear you fine. We have software that. Ah, that okay. So I'll just so ignore it. We'll just relax. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's just carry on. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to be honest here, and this probably isn't a career move, but I think it's really important to say there is a. Okay. My feeling is in the corporate world, we have lost the service culture. And I'm not necessarily talking about my company. I'm talking in general. So in the olden days, we they were all SMEs, weren't they? Basically, we were, they were, weren't these giant corporations. Yeah, they were. And a lot yeah, of people were. set up businesses, not just to make money, but to provide a service. So your grocer would be your friend down the road and they would make money obviously and lots of money probably but they also if you said oh can you get me in this certain time of flower or can you you know they would like oh yeah, yeah i can do that or you know and and you know the guy who set up boots 
was a philanthropist. He made money, but he also wanted to serve the community by giving getting the medicines that they wouldn't otherwise be able to afford and that kind of thing. And I think, and I'm not naive to think, you know, everybody was a philanthropist and, you know, there was no greed or anything. But I think, you know, even up to like the 60s, you know, businesses were about not only making money, but about also about providing service. Whereas now I think it's just... For big corporations, it's just extracting profit. That's it. You know, they do everything they can to keep us away from them. You know, you have phone trees six buttons long. Everything, you can't even phone us. You have to contact us via email. It's like they're trying to keep us away from them. You know, and what what we make in terms of quick transactions, and it's brilliant. You can go on Amazon, right? And I feel sad sometimes because the only way I can get a product is to go on Amazon. And because I, I try and, you know, even go to Argos or some somewhere that's at least, you know, a, 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 a local in the sense of UK business. But, you know, I, but I don't, you know, and I think we've lost that culture of wanting to provide a service. It's about profit. So reduce digitalization isn't about reducing the hours for people it's about reducing the number of people so we can make more money digitization is not really about customer journey and convenience it's about not being able to employ people you know so this is and i think this is why i love small businesses because i think they still retain some of that and we have cowboys in that we know that but they retain you know some of that I got into this because I want to do a good job and I love it. I love my business and I love what I'm doing and I love interacting with customers and, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm not against people making money. Far from it. What I deplore is greed. That's that's my thing. And, And just being in it to make money with no other purpose whatsoever. I think I'm very much a believer in purpose-driven. And if you've got a big company and make millions with a purpose-driven enterprise that you're really adding value, go for it. You know, there's benefit for both of us. And that's what capitalism and, and economics is supposed to be about. It's about it's supposed to be about mutually beneficial transactions, not one side extracting as much as they can out of this transaction and the other one having to do it because they have to eat or they have to heat their homes or they have to heat. That's not mutually beneficial to me you know and that so that's why I say I'm a radical centrist I'm not a socialist but I do believe business should be you know it should be mutual I agree I think a radical centrist and a hippie capitalist are one and the same definitely (laughs) it sounds like and and I'd like to look at examples it does sound like it because I I often um look back because we learn so much from history and you look at the round trees you know, the chocolate empire, and you look at way back Unilever, um, and there are other organizations who I can't remember, but they set up, you just see it in the mills, actually, they, they you know, way, way back when there were mills, the, the really good mill owners created schools, hospitals, good housing, um, health, welfare, and all kinds of things. Um, and actually, I, I wonder whether the big corporates who are only focusing on profit have forgotten that side of the purpose for building a business, have forgotten that actually it's about supporting communities. 
and the communities, and I'm going to use that word again, serve, the communities you serve. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there. They've forgotten who they serve. That's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why, you know, and it benefits nobody. So if we look, I don't necessarily think we need a high tax economy. Like I said, I'm not a big government person, which to a lot of my lefty friends, they really don't understand me. But A, I think it's dangerous putting, I mean, look at the state we're in now, putting all the power in, you know, the hands of a few people. I think somewhere along the line, we've we've gone wrong there. I don't think the government should provide every service known to man. I think there are certain services that make sense for government to provide because they're essential and we need them and, you know, and all that. But what businesses, the people who are, are you know, taxes theft and blah, 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 seem to forget if you're screwing people down on wages unless you literally want people on the street somebody has to top up their wages provide them you know with healthcare and education and things like that because they can't afford it so you can't simultaneously moan about tax and also screw people down on wages you either give them the wages to provide for themselves or the government has to do it or, like I said, are we getting to the point where we're looking at fascism and people are are useless eaters now? You know, I mean, what do we want as a society? And I think we want a level for people to thrive, not go to Barbados every two, you know, twice a year or anything like that. But a normal family, to me, I get very passionate about this. If 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 somebody's working in a family or a, a person and a half you know, mum goes out perhaps, you know, or dad, whoever's in taking care of the kids, if they're working and doing what they're supposed to be, and this is what annoys me about things, you know, if you're following the social guidelines, I work, I'm raising my family well, I'm sending them to school, I don't think you should worry about whether you can heat your home and feed your kids. I don't. I don't think it's unreasonable to want to go to the cinema once a week or have a bottle of wine or, you know, we're here. We have one life. We should be able to enjoy it. You know, and people who go, oh, I bet they've got Sky and they're moaning about being poor. I'm like, you're seriously saying somebody who goes to work, what, they should just burn all the furniture and, you know, and and then and heat themselves in their fingerless gloves on their burnings and then they can say they're poor, you know. <laughs> this is <laughs> that's quite funny. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a balance, um, and I think I think what we've experienced the past few years is that magnifying glass due to the global lockdowns, and and people with less have got less, even less now, and people who are struggling are struggling more now. And we've got to try and bring it back into balance. It was never perfect, ever, ever, ever. Um, But I don't think you'll ever reach that perfect system due to human nature. We kind of muddle through the best we can. and, And I agree with you. I think small government is good. I think there was that phrase, wasn't there, the most scary phrase, in the world is is that one where the the government official turns up and says i'm from the government and i'm here to help you you know we we should panic at that point because that's never going to work out well well um, i but yeah and then 
I think there are. I think I think there are, is a place for government, and I think you know, yeah. I certainly am not that cynical about it because I do think you know. Otherwise, we need law. We need some framework. We need you know yeah. uh, something. I think, frankly, Rebecca, we need to be more involved. We can't devote. We can't just abdicate our responsibility in society to the government, right? If we were more involved in government, we wouldn't be scared of the government, right? The problem is we're apathetic, we don't care, we don't want to pay tax, and then we go, oh, the government are rubbish, right? We need a government, we need a framework, so let's get involved with it. And I've posted today and said, if you seriously think the government we've got today is the best we can do, get off your ass and do something about it because it's not good enough. It's true. I've had an email. That's, so that's my um, I, I, I live in Scotland, so we have an interesting political landscape here in oh, Scotland. Oh, you're so lucky. Um, yes. Well, you you say that, Jenny. You say that. Um, and Well, I'm not talking politically. Well, we'll, we'll... <laughs> oh, I was going to say, yeah, because I wouldn't wish sturgeon on anyone. Um, but, yeah. In terms of our life, our quality of life, you know, I'm I, I really lucky. I live in one of the most beautiful cities in the world, Edinburgh, and we've got access to beaches and hills, and you know, oh, it, it's I amazing. Love Edinburgh. It is, I'm very, very lucky. Yeah, it is. It's a really nice place, um, and and so. It, it, what getting involved is really interesting. It's easy to get involved in Scotland because it's quite small actually how easy is it to get involved in politics in England and what steps are you taking so I it's not easy but it would be if more of us did it right I've got another I've got another one of Jen's things on here but how am I personally involved I uh, work for the Green Party the local Green Party I'm the electoral returns officer, so I organise all the candidates. So I I reach out to the community and invite candidates, and then I do all the forms processing and blah, 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 and then I arrange the hustings and all that side of things. And I, I also hand out leaflets. And I'm not, I hope my Green Party friends don't hear this, uh, I'm not as politically aligned with the Green Party. However... They're very good locally, and I'm a great believer in local involvement. And they are really good locally. They're involved. They help people. They, you know, and that's what I love about it. And so that's why I'm involved. Labour, very uh, apathetic where they are because they're very, and as are the Tories, because most of the time they're they're never going to, you know, if it's a safe seat, it's a safe seat. And they're like, oh, we don't care. Whereas the Greens are always fighting. So they're always hungry, if you like, um, and, and, and want to make a difference. So that's how I'm involved. So I don't just talk the talk. I do walk the walk, which I think is really important. And I think one reason we're not involved locally, and I use politics in a, with a small P as well. So it doesn't have to be party politics. It can just be involved in your local community. 
do you you know do you volunteer with elderly people do you help you know deliver shopping do you you know do you care when there's going to be a change in your community like some houses being built or a road being built or the school is falling apart are you on the governors that you know so I'm on the parent governor as well if you complain about the school are you getting involved with the school you know all these things not just local government sat in a you know on a council you know somewhere a parish council we don't have time Rebecca both parents work most parents have kids most of us have got virtual ADHD these days because we've got so much going on we you know and you know either you're very important you've got a demanding job or you probably might be struggling to put food on your table so why are you going to sit on a parish council meeting or go and volunteer somewhere else or you know and i think so I do say to people, stop being apathetic. But at the same time, do we have the space to be that involved? You know? And I'm very, very passionate, which is why I'm involved. It would be very easy for me, because I'm very busy as well, to not be involved. But I'm very passionate. If you're not as passionate, it's, it's we're in a tricky environment. We're socially. Yeah. So I, I've been thinking about this a lot and I agree with you I think people are quite apathetic and I understand why for all of those reasons that you've described I, I take it down to an even smaller level actually and I, I've come up with family community environment and if we can focus and when I say family I mean family and friends and a, you know a family could be a unit of one person and their cat or one person and their neighbor so yeah definitely um, and I think if we can focus on looking after ourselves, taking responsibility for ourselves and our outcomes at the tiniest level, and then once we've kind of got that sorted, we, we can then go, okay, well, now let's look at the wider community. We can sort and help the wider community and then once we've done a little bit of that we maybe if we have time the energy and space we can then look a little bit more at the environment I think a lot of what people struggle with at the moment is everything seems so big everything seems so overwhelming yes and they'll go well it's just me what what difference can I make what impact can I make you know I can't do anything about the economy or or Putin or you know climate doing what the climate's doing I can't do anything about that and and I think people just then are like rabbits in the headlights and actually what entrepreneurs yes. are really good at and the small business owners are really good at is going what can I impact here and now what can I control here and now and I'll make a difference to that and I think we need to get back to a little bit. You talk about the grocer down the road in the 60s. I think that was the difference because they looked out for their neighbours, they looked out for the community and they focused on that and then it spreads and then the goodness spreads and you get lots of little pockets of that uh, and all of a sudden you've got a much better functioning society. See, we are totally aligned and we thought we wouldn't be and we are so i did a, a post about exactly that and i got some people up in arms right. about when i said small government but i said exactly that 
we need to re regain community yeah. and i like your idea of starting small like even within your own environment i think that's even better because like you say you can impact that but i was saying exactly that but the other thing is remember that women didn't used to work so they used to be over the gate pose how you doing mavis blah 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 they can't there's no commute there's no time for community involvement you know the kids were running around the street you know but it 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 was totally different and i don't know how with two parents working a lot of people struggle and it's those struggling communities that need that sense of community if you're struggling you know i don't know if you've had mental health issues i have if you are depressed you don't want to look after yourself let alone anyone else and inequality like i said at the beginning makes people depressed and so how you break this yeah. vicious cycle of of people and and you know and and people are very judgmental about people in poverty and oh they don't care they don't give a crap about their houses they don't give it a lot of that i'm not making excuses and i totally am somebody who says you are responsible for yourself right but we have to give people the tools to be able to do that yeah, we, we can't do. give them nothing and 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 make them live hand to mouth and then say you know you should be making some money yourself we need to give them the good education you know a good start in life and 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 give them the tools and then if they fall because they can't be bothered then you know but we need to yeah we need to get out of the mentality that everybody starts everybody's got this opportunity I wish that was Kate. It isn't. It'd be naive, really, or it's an excuse that wealthy people make to say everybody's got a chance. Exceptional people break out of poverty. Of course they do. They do it all the time. But most of us are just ordinary. Most of us aren't, you know, you know, Musk or, or Bezo or, you know, most of us are, are just ordinary and it's hard to get out of a cycle of poverty and depression and you know, all that kind of thing. So, so if you were Prime Minister... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. If you were PM, is. Jenny, what would you do? What would I do? Right. <laughs> now, this is hard because I don't believe in minimum wage. I believe in... Because I think that puts your SMEs out at a disadvantage. So if we say we have to pay everybody £15 an hour, your guys aren't going to be able to compete with the Jeff Bezos of life, what your guys can do is say, I know I can only pay you £12 an hour, but I'm happy with you going off at 3.30 and going to get your kids. I'm happy if you, you know, and you know you'll be looked after. I'll guarantee you a job for five years. I'll, you know, they can give other things, and I would hope they would give other things that people value now. I'll let you have a Thursday afternoon off to go and learn French or you know, whatever, you know, they can offer. So if you do minimum wage, they can't make those accommodations and uh, uh, that might make a job more attractive. So I'm not into minimum wage. My, I've written it down what I would do if I was prime minister. Ah, tax breaks Brilliant. for paying a living wage, right? So big companies get a tax break for paying a minimum, for paying wage. So they give it, so people don't have to go because we pay 70 billion in in work benefits anyway a year right but that's a handout so why not use that 70 billion to incentivize business 
to pay the money so people feel more self-respect, they're not claiming benefits, that has a beneficial impact on their self-esteem, which therefore better impacts society. Incentivize, give tax breaks for more training, more development so that people can skill themselves up so they've got more growth opportunities. So I really would start with the workers. That that That's my thing. It's how we give workers more self-esteem, more room to, to improve and grow. So that's my, I mean, I've got other things, but that would be my first thing to do. And give more money to SMEs for development. But also I, I, would, I would have shares in those businesses into a sovereign wealth fund that we could then put into youth schemes, art, sport, you know, all that kind of thing. Things that normally get left because we're building roads and hospitals and stuff like that. So I've got loads of ideas. <laughs> okay. So um, I've had an email round because I'm a member of the Tory party for various reasons in Scotland. Um, uh, and I know, I know. Get look, and, and we got on so well. Well, we did until I told you that. No, actually, yeah. um, but <laughs> I know. It's Bye. Very, it's very <laughs> in Scotland that I'm a member of the Tory party, uh, and anybody who has lived under the SNP will probably have empathy for me. Uh, it's very difficult to know who to vote for here if you want to stay part of the United Kingdom. Anyway, um, but. I've just the email has gone round. Do you want to stand for MP? I'm thinking, well, maybe I do. Maybe I do because, or I don't know whether I don't have the time. I run a business, but you know, it, maybe I need to put my money where my mouth is. And I, my biggest change would be investing in in women and children's services. Any or, or or the key parent, the person who is the key parent for the child, whoever that is, in whatever kind of relationship that is, uh, it's usually women, but not always. Um, I would invest really heavily in early years, mum and baby stuff, parent and baby stuff, and that that primary education. Because I'm a massive believer in that whole. I think it was the Jesuits, wasn't it, who said, you know, take a child and give me them until they're six, and I'll give you the. It was the boy. I'll give you the man. But and it's seven, true. It's yeah, that yeah. investment in really yeah. early stages that I think is critical. And you know that the Sure Start scheme that Labour started. They, um, I think it was the University of York did a study that said, that absolutely supports you, that said the whole life outcomes of children that had gone through the Sure Start scheme, so this was aimed at, yeah, families in poverty, basically. The whole life outcomes were the gap between the children in poverty and the, the, the kind of upper middle class was closed considerably exactly that because those early formative years are so 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 vital and this is why I don't think our conservatives as they are now are true conservatives because true conservatives are build yourself up by your bootstraps work hard you know and you know but also give people opportunities to do that you know and this thing I said about you know 
not depending on government and having to having to you know provide for yourself well a true conservative wants to give people the tools to provide for themselves you can't say as i said before you can't you know don't rely on government if you don't give people the means to look after themselves so that's why i think they aren't real conservatives and i think what you've said i think that actually isn't socialist i think that is giving people the tools to live productive working lives you know so i agree i i think totally there's a lot of crossover between the political spectrums if they actually and 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 left is more socialist but i think actually the goals are very very similar we want people to thrive and i think unfortunately the tories in the parliament at the moment don't want people to thrive they want certain people to get very 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 wealthy and you know and uh, right jenny and normally I so be an mp asking yes, question if you bring some of that sense to it yeah <laughs> I think my husband might leave me. Uh, no, if I normally ask the question, um, if your business had a personality or a character, how would you describe it? But you you don't have a business, so if you who do you admire? All right, I'm going to leave it with that. Who 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 inspires you, Jenny? Oh gosh, do you know what? This is going to sound really odd and pretentious. I don't have individuals. But I really love like philosophy and economy, economics and stuff like that. So I'm inspired by things that I read and hear and, and you know, ph- philosophical thoughts from all different kinds of people. So it's really hard for me to pick one individual because I don't think anybody's perfect and I'm not really the hero worship type person. That's not to say I don't think there are loads of amazing yeah. people. But yeah, I would say more more philosophy in general probably and ideas <laughs> cool i love it and thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today i really appreciate it uh, an unusual entrepreneurial journey podcast really but i felt fun. it was important that we good i'm glad you enjoyed it and best of luck with your career the entrepreneurial journey We're talking business and building a culture that's kick-ass.